Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bavarian Podcast Works here on this fine Sunday for our flagship episode. And I actually shouldn't say fine Sunday because today I am joined by Teddy Sun, who I was joined by a couple weeks ago. Uh, I forget what we discussed, but I think it's already Monday uh, for Teddy, where he is based in the world. And we're going to talk a little bit about Bayern's very brief preseason tour in the U.S., where they took on D.C. United in Washington, D.C., and then obviously more recently Manchester City in Green Bay, Wisconsin, for the first ever football match. And I mean football as in soccer, not North American football. At Lambeau Field, we had Bernie doing the Lambeau leap before the game. We had lightning delays, a little bit obscure events unfolded there. Um, But obviously, we beat D.C. United 6-2 and then lost to Manchester City 1-0 by virtue of an Erling Haaland goal. But Teddy, how are you doing? I know it is very early in the morning already on Monday, but uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing good, Tom. Thanks for asking. Uh, it's gotten a bit humid this weekend, and I mean really humid uh, in terms of weather. And um, the temperature is not so great, but uh, like, and when I say that, I mean not so high. But then again, you know how humidity works. Even if it's not that high of a temp, if the humidity is high, then it just feels really bad. But other than that, um, I think uh, it's been a pretty relaxing weekend. Didn't really do much other than just watch football. But but yeah, I'm just trying to get prepared for the start of the new week and more importantly, the start of the new season. So you could say the weather where you are isn't quite as bad as it was in Green Bay last night. No, definitely not. Although we did have a pretty big rainstorm. I think it was on Saturday, Saturday morning slash Friday night or or it was on Saturday night, I'm sorry. Um, but we didn't have any like lightning or thunder or anything like that. Um, and and the rain went away pretty quickly. So it was kind of a initial like a slight downpour rather than the continuous rainstorm. So that's good news, although I could do without the humidity. Everyone could. Yeah, the humidity is always brutal when it adds to the heat index. It just it gets pretty exhausting when you're out in it and pretty uncomfortable. But I'm sure you've seen some of the videos of last night. It it did, especially during the second lightning delay. It looked very like apocalyptic. It was really creepy. But um, much credit to the fans that were there, which I think was like a a record crowd for uh, one of the, any of the football matches that were in the United States for a preseason tour, like something around seventy eight thousand. They seemed to be having a great time. Created a very raucous atmosphere for a friendly. Obviously bears no competitive uh, weight, but we saw some different looks from Bayern uh, in in that match as well as the match in D.C. Um, I know the caliber of opponents is far different. I kind of noticed that this week, a lot of the European teams that are having their friendlies as we get closer to the start of the season, obviously for Bayern, it starts next weekend with the DFL Super Cup at RB Leipzig. For most other teams, it doesn't start till the week after. Or actually, no, I should say, at least in Germany, we have the DFB Pokal. Um, there's a couple of decent matchups, actually, um, con- including, I think, 1860 takes on Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Eintracht Braunschweig, again, against Hertha Berlin. It seems like they always love taking each other on in the early rounds. But, but Teddy, I know that, as I just mentioned, the caliber of opponents far different, beating uh, DC United 6-2. Uh, Mane, we saw him. On his debut, score a penalty. The keeper had his hands on it, but uh, it was a little bit too too much pace behind it for him to save it. We saw Sabitzer score. We saw Ganabri score. We saw Matthias Delict just hours after, pretty much flying halfway across the world to be up 
be able to join up with his teammates in D.C. We saw him score after coming on uh, with that left-footed volley after a little bit of a deflection on a corner kick. Then we saw Joshua Zerksy score and then Thomas Muller with that fine finish from an absolute fire of an assist from uh, one of our new signings, Ryan Gravenberg. And last night was just a little bit different. Yes, I think Zhao Cancelo was playing Thomas Muller on for that goal we scored that got ruled off. But nonetheless, it's just preseason. It doesn't really matter uh, what the results are in preseason. I think even last season or uh, in the buildup to last season, Teddy, I think we lost. We drew once and lost like three times in our preseason, which was uh, not very great. But obviously that didn't really um, have any weight on us not winning the Bundesliga. Yes, we crashed in the day of Papal Call and Champions League, but uh, there's a lot of other things that went into that. Preseason is just meant to look for certain things, look at certain players, tweak with uh, formations, tweak with tactics, et cetera, et cetera. So with that said, Teddy, I know both games were kind of very different in the way they unfolded and uh, the caliber of the opponents. But as far as things that you saw, you know, things that you might have liked or didn't like, or perhaps even I think this would be the best way to start the question, like, what would you uh, rate our preseason overall with those two games? I know it's a very short sample and we saw Gravenberg. We saw the We saw a little bit of Masrawi. We obviously saw Sadio Mane in DC. We know that he left the team to go accept his African player of the year awards at the CAF awards in Morocco right after and did not rejoin with the team in green Bay. We saw some fringe players. We saw Vidovich. Uh, we saw Paul Warner and even that guy, is it David or Devin Harold uh, for a little bit? in uh in dc so we saw some different looks um different formations but teddy what did you make of, of these two games and were there things that you really saw that some things that you saw that you really liked or or players that really stood out for you from these two matches um so we'll start off with the more recent game against man city now that game i think we it did concern me a little bit, not just because we lost the game, because, you know, it's we're playing against a team like Man City, who are one of the best teams in the world, if not the best. And going into a team that's been well-seasoned, well-prepared under Pep Guardiola for the past few seasons, you're going to be underdogs, especially in a team that's for a team that's in a lot of transition with a relatively new coach, a lot of new players like we are in right now. So I guess the defeat itself wasn't entirely unexpected. But the one thing that did concern me about that game was that we didn't really create a lot of chances. And we did seem to kind of get dragged around a lot by City's press. And yeah, we didn't really seem to take advantage of a lot of situations or maybe we just couldn't take advantage of a lot of situations because there wasn't too much to take advantage of in the first place. Um, I think the total number of shots was like three shots compared to City's 20. Um, I don't think we had a single shot on goal bar the canceled offside goal from Serge Gnabry. Um, And Shoddy refereeing aside, I know the referee was not that great. Um, maybe that's an understatement because theoretically speaking, you know, the offside may not have been an offside. The free kick that led to Holland's goal may not have been a free kick in the first place, yada, yada, yada. But overall, I do think that City's win was fully deserved. They were the better team. And we, it did show that we still have a long way to go if we want to rejoin Europe's top teams that 
tier that includes the likes of Man City and Liverpool and possibly Real Madrid, maybe, because they (laughs) did just win the Champions League after all. So, yeah, but on the other hand, I do think if I were to shed a bit of a positive look on this game, it was the kind of exercise we needed in order to make improvements. And I can only hope that Nagelsmann has learned something from these games and especially the defeat against Man City, because I guess that's the whole point of friendlies is to test out your strengths and find out what your weaknesses are. And I think we did just that um, in a game where there were literally no stakes at all. And uh, so in terms of formation for the Man City game, I don't think we were in a, that uniform of position because a lot of it did change over the course of the game. Like, I, I, I don't know if we started out in a 4-4-2 or switched to a 3-4-2-1 or something. It didn't look like a hybrid, more like we didn't have a defined formation on i was just gonna say between like google match sheets and all of the um lineup sheets on social media combined with what the commentators were saying you got like uh four different formations that they were exactly you know spouting off like a three five two a three four three or even a back four to start and it these friendlies they're so open it seemed especially like from the opening 10 minutes where julian nagelsman was saying Bayern really struggled to gain any sort of foothold in that opening 10 minutes against city it made it very very difficult to tell whether it was like a back three uh, or a back four and just exactly what was going on you know and like the nature as you said no stakes at all the nature of the friendly kind of makes it uh, a little harder to tell you know there's that little bit of holding back despite even i thought like it seemed like Grealish was complaining about everything after it happened. It seemed like there were five yellow cards, I think, for a friendly. And I thought that, uh, yeah, as you said, the officiating a little questionable. And, like, he blew the final whistle when Xerxes was in on goal. And, like, oh, even yeah, all the players were like, terrible. yeah, we know it's a friendly, but, like, why would you, you know, why would you do that? And it was, like, a couple seconds before the uh, 80th minute, right? Because we had those two exactly. bizarre, like, 40-minute halves because of the lightning delays. But, yeah, very... uh it was very difficult to tell what the lineups were. Even the commentators kind of seemed a little perplexed, and I think they're just kind of flying by the seat of the pants trying to figure it out too, especially after some of the, the changes that Nagelsmann made in the second half. Well, what I'm hoping is that those formation changes or constant switching was kind of part of the plan that Nagelsmann had it, because he does only have he did only have two games to test out whatever he has in mind before the season starts and I wouldn't blame him for wanting to test out as many formations as possible. Now that's a disadvantage. I would say that we have compared to other teams. I know like some teams they have maybe like four preseason games or something like that, but obviously we don't have that luxury um, whether that's a good thing or not. We'll see, but maybe it was just an attempt by Nagelsmann to test out as many things as possible. And Especially with the Man City game, we did seem to, like you said, we did seem to like switch between four different formations. And, well, I don't think any of them were particularly effective, but yes. But overall, the City game, I think it was a tough pill to swallow. But um, the good things that I saw, some of the good things at least, that 
I think our defense, despite the number of shots we allowed, was pretty strong, actually. I don't think City had any, like, despite their dominance, I don't think City had any, like, clear-cut chances other than them hitting the post in the final stages of the game and, of course, other than the goal itself. So I would say that defense-wise, we didn't, like, crumble under City's high press, which is which is definitely good to know. And um, as for the attack, I guess that's what kind of concerns me um, because the way that the counter attacks were, were strung together, that I liked. The fluid passing in and out of midfield, I think that was good. I think the speed of the attacks themselves, they were pretty good. It was just that the final finishing touch was lacking. The final decisions were lacking. And I guess that's pretty much um, a given, given uh, the absence of a true number nine striker like uh, Robert Lewandowski and even Eric Masson-Chupin-Oting is currently injured, if I remember correctly. I don't know if he'll yeah. be back again. It wasn't quite the same either without Mane there. Exactly. We saw how, yeah. how much he added uh, in DC United in the part that he played there. And with even without Mane uh, last night against Man City, it kind of you like you said definitely changed that dynamic, and it seemed to result in like a lot of long balls where Muller was backing into Ruben Diaz, and those two uh, were hugging each other quite a bit last night, in my opinion. Exactly. So, so overall, I think the City game could be, if I had to give a leather grade, I'd probably give it like a C because um, the performance definitely left a lot to be desired, but. Overall, I think it was a learning experience, at least. I hope it was a learning experience for Nagelsmann, especially. Um, I guess the officiating and the weather and all the chaos on and off the field didn't help matters, especially the truncated halves. I mean, we literally played 10 minutes less, 10 minutes, which could have resulted in an equalizer, who knows? But yeah, so I think I'll give the Man City game a C. If we move on to um, Wednesday's game against DC United, now obviously that was a much better performance from us. Of course, given the caliber of the opponents, I guess that was also pretty much expected. Um, But I think whatever we did against DC United, that was very, it was very good to see. Um, We definitely weren't struggling to score goals and that was definitely encouraging especially in light of Lewandowski's departure. And I think those are the kind of performances we can build on. Yes, I know it was against a team that's in the bottom of the, you know, near the bottom, if not rock bottom of the MLS Eastern Conference, but still no game is really a given, especially if you're playing against a team that's mid-season and is on form. So that I definitely think it was a good performance to build on, um, especially in terms of attack. I guess the defense left a little to be desired as well, um, having conceded two goals. But then again, we were already 5-0 up and we had made a bunch of changes, so can't really blame the players for kind of slacking off, I guess. And um, yeah, that game, I really liked um, the intensity of the attack, the intensity of the pressing. Uh, It was like we really did what, pretty much what Man City did to us a couple of hours ago. And we made, we took advantage of our many chances. We converted them into six goals, which is an impressive number considering 
we didn't really score uh, like there weren't that many high scoring matches last season when you compare it to previous seasons before. So I'm hoping that we can build on that scoring streak and um, maybe we can kind of string together the lessons we've learned from Man City and the performances we had against DC United and maybe make that into some sort of winning formula. Now I know that's going to take a lot of time, new signings like money and, um, of course, uh, Matisse Tell were, are going to need a lot of time to adjust because you know, they're in completely different environments from what they're used to. And I think that because we've been so accustomed to having Lewandowski scoring goals for us, it's going to, be, it's going to take a lot of getting used to playing without him and having to kind of balance out the workload between the likes of Gnabry and Miller, Kwan, uh, Musiala, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, so if I have to give the DC United game a, game, a grade, I, I would be a straight A, wouldn't it? I mean, there wasn't really anything I could um, take apart from that game, apart from the couple of defensive deficiencies, but every team has chances no matter who the opponent. So um, so a little tweaking will do. I guess that's why I'm not giving the team an A+. Plus. If it was 6-0, I'd probably give it an A+. Plus. But if, since it's 6-2, I'll just give it an A. So I guess, that's, I guess that averages out to a B for the summer tour. Um, I think what's, what we can really take away from these two preseason games is that we are capable of, of scoring goals. And we are capable of creating chances, but we do still have a lot to work on when it comes to top tier opposition, who we will need to face and conquer if we want to go and get into the higher stages of the Champions League, if not win it completely. So, yeah, I would give the preseason tour a B. I would have to agree with with both of those ratings, and you pretty much would average out to a B and it is odd that we've had such a short preseason compared to seasons past. Um, like I said, I believe last season, it was at least four matches the season before. Uh, I don't even really remember cause we were playing catch up from COVID and there really wasn't much of a preseason. So it's tough to count that in when you're kind of, uh, recollecting years past, uh, in the preseason. Um, but you know, it made it very difficult for Julian Nagelsmann, uh, three incoming players, players that will probably be playing quite a bit, especially from the get-go. You think Delict and how commanding of a presence he was. I know that we are may have already put out a piece today or are um, talking about him acclimating to training for Bayern as opposed to Juventus, saying uh, the former was much more difficult and that he might not have been ready for it. I know he's done a lot of flying. He's probably jet-lagged um, from all the traveling he did to complete his transfer and then meet up with the rest of the squad uh, in, in D.C., but uh, Gravenberg, we probably will see a lot more of given Goretzka's knee injury that he just had successful, uh, excuse me, a successful operation to repair. He's going to be out for a few weeks. Um, we don't know if Sabitzer is going to be starting alongside Joshua Kimmich. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Um, but going off of that, Teddy, so 
I know I've seen on social media, Nalkazman, he had high praise uh, last night for Jamal Musiala after he came on in the second half. For me, he was making a lot of great turns in tight spaces. Typical Bambi stuff that we always expect from him. Um, looked very, very lively. I thought before that, Kingsley Coman was probably the most lively player, and I thought that Coman was very lively in both matches and was always creating stuff and was a nuisance for both DC United and, and Manchester City. So with that said, you know, I think between both of the matches, I was really impressed with Musiala, uh, Kingsley Coman. I think Upamakano, especially for a lot of the criticism that he received last season, I think he is starting to grow in uh, to to that role, and I think he still has a, a decent way to go. But hopefully uh, a few strong performances strung together consistently can help him build on that confidence and continue in that same vein and continue to grow. And Because it's going to be tough for him. You know, you would you would kind of beg to to say that the starting center-back pairing, as long as Delict's fitness is okay, would be Hernandez and Delict with uh, Masraoui or Pavard and then Davies on either side of them, if it is kind of like a straight-back four or even like a, uh, you know, an inverted uh, winger situation. But, you know, for Upamakano and even him having changed agencies uh, or agents, I'm not sure if we should be reading too much into that or if that is a little bit of a, a telling tidbit for a potential move away uh, in, in the near future. I'm not really sure, uh, but nonetheless. So with that said, I thought I was really impressed with, impressed with uh, Delict's vocalness in the back. I think you could really see him trying to tell players where to be. I know in both matches, he was kind of alongside a little bit of a different set uh, of defenders. Last night, I think he wound up being alongside like Stanisic and uh, Masraoui. Um, and I don't even know, like Davies had come off by then. I think even Paul Warner was at like left back at one point, if I recall correctly. So a very different circumstance than he was experiencing on Wednesday night. Um, like I said, Musiala, I think was fantastic on the turn. And the other guy for me, I was really impressed with Gravenberg, particularly against uh, DC United. Um, but like I, I noticed him, it's almost, you know, he's a much larger guy than Musiala, but I see a lot of the same, like even in our own third, he seems very uh, routine with, quick turns, getting out of pressure uh, and, you know, kind of like sh shimmying his body in a, in a way where he misdirects someone trying to close him down. And I think that's going to be very important for Bayern, especially with the way that we often do like to play out of the press or play out of the back. And I, I was uh, very impressed with uh, a lot of what I saw from him. Maz Rowie, I think, didn't do too much wrong, but he also, you know, didn't really uh, provide a lot of flashes, if that makes sense. Um, despite a lot of people thinking he'll be the bonafide right back starter over uh, Benjamin Pavard and kind of odd that Pavard, when he was asked about his future, said he didn't really know after chuckling. So we don't really know what to make of that. And obviously the transfer window stays open until September 1st. So um, just real quick, Teddy, before uh, we, we move on to talk about uh, Matty Tell um, very soon, officially becoming a Bayern player from Stad Ren. Um, as, as far as maybe two or three players that really stood out for you, I know I already just kind of mentioned a few in, in uh, Gravenberg, Delict, and, and Musiala, and, and even Coman. But for you, uh, were there uh, maybe like two or three players that really stuck out as performing really well for you from these two matches? Um, I think you pretty much hit the head on the nail for those players, like the likes of Masrawi and Coman. So I'm going to try and mention a couple of different players. Maybe I thought Thomas Müller was his usual active self. Um, he was really good in his 45-minute appearance against DC United. He had a, basically had a hand in all three goals that we scored in the second half. 
as for his appearance against City, well, he wasn't as effective, but then again, who really was? Um, I think he was the one who was trying his best in attack along with Coman, but I mean, we were pretty much outplayed by City all overall, so can't really blame him. Um, I think Alfonso Davies was also really good. Um, he was bombing up and down against DC, and even against City, he was pretty comfortable he looked pretty comfortable going up and down the field so i'm excited for what he can do he hasn't hasn't really looked the same when he came back last season from his myocardi- myocarditis but um from these two matches specifically he does look to have um picked up his you know picked up the pieces and moved on from whatever was hindering him and hopefully he can maintain that form throughout the rest of the season. Um, and also, this may not matter as much. Um, obviously, we're going to, I think, the likes of De Ligt and Gravenberg, and they were all pretty, they all look pretty decent. So it looks like we've made some really good signings this this season, which um, I'm going to do something that I've never done before and actually commend the board and Hassan Salihamidzic for what they've done. And last but not least, um, again, this might not matter, but I really think Sven Ulreich has done a decent job. Uh, He played 45 minutes in each game, and he kept a clean sheet against Man City. And uh, although he conceded twice to DC United, wasn't really his fault, uh, wasn't really at fault for the two goals, he made some really good saves. And um, I have to admit, when I saw him coming coming on instead of Manuel Neuer against City, I was like, I was a bit nervous because City and DC are completely two different opponents, but I, I got to say, I was really impressed with what I saw. And obviously that's not going to make him an automatic starter, but it does make me happy that we have a very good goalkeeper as Manuel Neuer's backup, should anything happen to him, God forbid. And hopefully that, hopefully we can get the most out of him if needed. Yeah, and if any recent seasons past are going to be any barometer for what's to come this season, we will need Sven Ulreich uh, to be called upon at least uh, on a few occasions because Neuer has missed uh, a handful of matches, Teddy, in probably the past couple of seasons. So you never know. He kind of does have that recurring metatarsal issue that can flare up. Um, So Sven Ulreich will need need to be called upon on, on several occasions, I guarantee, but... Uh, moving on, I know uh, Zoom is giving me the countdown. We have about seven minutes left, so I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts. So it looks as if Matty Tell is going to become a Bayern player, I believe either today or yesterday he was in Munich for his medical. It looks like he's going to be costing around 30 million euro from Stad Ren. Obviously, not a Lewandowski, hasn't scored 40 goals in a season, much younger, doesn't have that experience in European football, uh, i.e. the Europa League or, or the Champions League that Lewandowski had. But even Julian Nagelsmann, he's shown faith and he's kind of said when he's been asked about him that eventually he hopes that Matty Tell will be someone who scores 40 goals in a season. Um, so just your quick thoughts on him. Do you think it's a good signing? Is it worth the money? And do you think he could eventually evolve into a player that, as Nagelsmann said, can be scoring close to 40 goals? Let's, For the sake of the argument, let's just say even uh, 20 or 30 goals in a season um, as a natural striker for Bayern. Um, well, this is a player who I have absolutely not seen a single second of him playing, so I honestly cannot <laughs> say 
what his strengths are, what his weaknesses Teddy, are. I mean, but... you don't you don't uh, watch hours of league on. <laughs> barely watch hours of the Bundesliga, my friend. <laughs> but but then again, I do think that if we're investing this much money in him and if we're this determined to sign him, despite the hefty transfer fee for a 17-year-old, then there must be something that our scouts or the board sees in him. And Nagelsmann too, I, I assume he's planning with him to a certain extent. So I guess that's we'll just have to trust their instincts and see if going a little bit off track, this transfer reminds me a lot of what what happened with Anthony Martial back way back in 2015 when he when he first signed for Man United. People were like, oh, why are we spending why are Man United spending like 80 million pounds on a unproven 20-year-old talent? But Martial really lit up the scene. I know he's kind of, you know, diminished since then, but his first season with United was spectacular, uh, to say the least. And I'm hoping that Tell can follow in that example and surprise us all. Um, obviously, I don't want him to become the, uh, the player who doesn't have a place in United's team like Martial is today. But <laughs> if what the reports are saying is true and he really is considered the next Mbappe or, or whatever. And like it or not, we are going to need a real a classic center forward going into the season. And as much as Sadio Mane is talented, he's not really a center forward. You can, you can attest to that being a Liverpool fan and everything. Mm-hmm. So so while I do think Mane will be manning the false nine slash number nine position the majority of the time, I do think Tell will get his minutes um, either as a sub or a starter. And I really, really hope that he turns out to be a good signing. Um, I heard Nagelsmann say that he would be very happy if he scored 10 goals in his first season. And honestly, as fans, I really think that's as much as we can ask for. Maybe even that's too much to ask for for a 17-year-old kid. But to make it at Bayern, you do have to take the pressure and you do have to perform. It's it's a harsh reality, but it is a reality. Um, I know there are also reports about him getting Lewandowski's coveted number nine shirt as well Mm. now i hope that doesn't happen because i feel like that would be putting a bit too much pressure on him but i mean if he really does become our new number nine going forward then who knows he like honestly that's all we can say who knows what's going to happen and only time will tell whether this investment was a wise one or not and i also heard that a lot of clubs like you know, the likes of Real Madrid, who famously missed out on Mbappe uh, a couple of weeks ago, and other Premier League clubs as well, they were also vying for a signature. So um, I, I assume they all see something in him that I have not yet seen or a lot of fans have yet to see. But I guess we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And we really shouldn't put too much pressure on the kid again he's only 17 years old it's going to be a huge roll of the dice from us and 
really shouldn't blame the player too much, even if he does doesn't turn out to be as good as we expected. But yeah, I mean, what more can we say, right? Yeah, I think he pretty much hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I think we should be lucky if he scores 10 goals a season. I think with what you said, Mane can't play every single game across all competitions. Gnabry can't play every single game across every competition. Muller, the same. He will need his rest. I know that in won't like to hear me say there will be matches that Muller's not involved in or doesn't start in because he is the biggest Muller superfan, as are a lot of the Bayern fans in our community. But that, yeah, he's going to have to come in. He's going to have to be a bit part player. There will be probably some matches where he starts. And I think with everything you've just said, I think we'd be lucky to get 10 goals out of him. Even Schnitzel, I think, brought up in our Slack channel, perhaps even being a candidate at one point to go on loan for a season to get some experience somewhere and coming back to us with much more experience. But with the transfer window that we've already had, I I would have to agree with you that whatever's happened in the past, I, I do pose... Uh, and hold a lot of threat in our front office with how well we've done this summer to, you know, kind of offset the loss of Robert Lewandowski to Barcelona. And I'm optimistic for this season. I'm optimistic for Tell. Uh, I'm a little worried about the price tag, but I really hope it pays off in the end. You know, it might not show within the first season being worth 30 million euro, but again, we want to look at it as this is a player who has a very high ceiling and can get up to that market and wind up becoming a very prominent player for us and getting more than 10 goals in a season. And Teddy, I know we've covered a lot, you know, it wasn't that exciting or exhilarating of a preseason with only two matches. Um, and I know that a lot of us admittedly do not watch a lot of league on or Stad Ren football. So we can really only go off of what we know and what we read and what we see on transfer mark stats or YouTube clips for uh, Maddie tell, but I think we both pretty much have the same view on him. And a lot of Bayern fans share the same. And I think this is a good place to wrap up the podcast. So thanks again for listening. Thanks again, Teddy, for staying up super late until the wee hours of the morning for you. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you do use to listen to us. And be sure to vote on that World Soccer Talk Best Club podcast link, which I will provide in the written post for this podcast. And until next time, auf Wiedersehen. Thanks again.